Welcome to the Backdoor Cut Show, your favorite Grizzlies and general NBA podcast on the internet, uh, nothing but net channel on Dash Radio. I'm Sam the Barn Chief. I'm joined by the whole Backdoor Cut crew this evening. We're recording Sunday night, uh, November 22nd, in the thick of free agency. Uh, our man in the West Coast out in Rancho Cucamonga and Justin Holiday stands Slim, a.k.a. Mace, Proud Howard alum, Rich Mead. Uh, Rich Paul Mead tonight, so he's going to get us paid. Uh, and Barnburner Bro, chairman of the Ivan Rab fan club, Zachy White. We're brought to you by the Barnburner, uh, which is one of the best websites in the world where the takes are always hot and fans of the Hawks. We are not. So basically, I'm going to be on Versus now, which I just found out that's what it's called. Um, <laughs> shout out, everyone. It's a really been an exciting draft. It's been an exciting free agency. Uh, Zach, how are you, man? <laughs> I'm good. I know not that much about pop culture, but uh, I'm glad that you just exposed yourself slightly before we got started. But uh, I've been, uh, yeah, my house is showing. It's up for sale, so been kind of in and out of the place. As we have some open houses and stuff, so that's what's going on with me pretty much. Are people going to walk through during this podcast? No, fortunately. Good. I, had, I blocked it off, you know, an hour for us just to be able to do this, but they'll definitely be back in here at 10 PM for the next showing. Well, we appreciate your service, Rich. What's going on, man? Uh, I'm good, Sam. I appreciate the HBCU love, you know, Howard university. I'm a proud Fisk university graduate. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to the HBCU love, man. Shout out Howard, and, uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm good, bro. Uh, my man, Mike Cantero got called up to varsity yesterday. So it's great. Looking forward to it. Good. Nice. What's up? Man, just uh, still recovering from a long weekend in Palm Springs, celebrating you. Uh, last weekend, we had your bachelor party out in Palm Springs, about 12 of us. It was a great weekend celebrating you, and just want to take this time to say I appreciate our friendship. And, hey, we got some new players, man. Man, that's, a, that's, that's, that's true. I appreciate you being there. I also wanted to talk about my – I had a small experience in Manhattan Beach um after the fact so we were in palm springs after everyone left I, I rented a car and drove out to la but i drove up to manhattan beach which is where ryan Rosillo lives unrelated but that's the only thing i knew about it really and the fact that it was like near la and so i was hanging out eating oysters by myself like reading a book ordered a nice cocktail it was kind of a gin-based cocktail sitting there like a, just a fucking scholar reading a book by myself eating oysters and next to me there was an old dude and another kind of old dude eating, talking very loudly, like discussing business or whatever. And, you know, you can't, can't help but overhear uh, things when you're sitting there. And the uh, the waitress was walking around and she started talking about her podcast to these two guys. And these two guys are one of the guys, the older guys, like, well, I own like the all the rock stations in radio out here on the West Coast. And uh, we're looking to expand our podcast brand because like not as many people are listening to rock music anymore. And then the other guy was actually the guy that like managed regionally those stations. They were having like a business meeting about expanding their podcast network. So this girl like gave him all her information. And she was like, yeah, we talk about, you know, sports and blah, blah, blah and fashion. And I was like, all right, well, I mean, I'm sure this is great. But they, they ended up flirting with her and saying she had a really sexy voice in front of me. And I was like, these guys. So anyway, after she left and then his, his partner left, the older guy was sitting there paying, waiting to pay. And I was like, fuck it, man. You got to make your own luck, you know? So I'm like, hey, uh, <laughs> I overheard you talking about podcasts. And uh, actually, I am a, a sports and entertainment lawyer uh, in Memphis. And I have a podcast as well. I know like everyone does. But we do uh, NBA stuff. But from a Memphis perspective, it's, it's me and some buddies from the area. And he was like, Memphis, wait, are you, did you go to Vandy? And I was like, no. But what the fuck <laughs> are you talking about? But it, it, and, uh, <laughs> and he was kind of drunk, you know, uh, but a, fr a friendly, a friendly guy. And I was like, no, I didn't go to Vandy. And, and he was like, oh, where'd you go? And he wanted to know where I went to school. Eventually, he revealed that he went to Vandy. And that's the so he like went to got his MBA at Vandy. And so had a Tennessee tie. Then he was like, do you know, I only know one guy in Memphis. His name is Stillman McFadden. Do you know that guy? And it turns out that I do know this guy. He's actually a client of the firms and I worked for him. He used to own a printing company called Tooth American Printing. So we did some work for him. And he was an MUS grad. He's just like a, a dude that went to grad school with this guy. And I happen to know the one guy in Memphis that this guy knew. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I'll give you his number. So then this guy leaves his table, sits down at my table, calls Stilly McFadden and reminisces with him for 15 minutes as I sit there on the phone, like about like graduate days. 
And like, and the first thing this guy says after having not talked to this guy, to, to Silly in 15 years was, you motherfucker. That's like the first thing he says on the phone. And they talked about their kids and shit. And I'm just sitting there. So anyway, then I was like, hey, yeah, we got these podcasts. He gives me a cell phone number and I text him our brand. I text him a few podcast links and the barn briar. He was interested and he left off into the day. And I was like, fuck yeah, man. I feel like I just made a connect, you know, and I haven't heard from him. <laughs> Dude, that's but, surprising. I didn't expect the end where you didn't hear from him. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I, I thought Plot that twist. I was really thinking like, uh, you know, maybe at this point we're going to get on radio. I mean, I'm thinking maybe he hasn't had a chance to listen. Send him some really good shit. So I'm thinking, you know, potentially like maybe he'll check out my SoundCloud and get back to me. Um, but, you know, it was an interesting time. And, and you know, I, I didn't want this guy that was sitting right next to me that was a podcast guy to just leave and he'd be like, damn, wish I'd said something to that guy. He was really nice. Ended up getting his number. I mean, he owns like a bunch of radio stations. So it could be a connect. So who knows? You might hear the barn burner podcast network or the backdoor cut on your local rock station um, in, out, out in the West coast. So uh, shout out to networking. Yeah. Until then you can hear us on uh, dash radios, nothing but net channel at nine central. And you can figure out the other times because being on the West coast Last week, that really screwed me up as far as like calculating the math. I know it's only two hours, but that was complicated. My body at least felt like it was complicated. And you can hear us on Rich's University at Howard. You can hear us on the (laughs) station there. Um, But anyway, so yeah, shout out Fist. Sorry about that, Rich. When I wrote that down, I was like, that doesn't sound right, but I think it's Howard. Like, and and I was like, I know, I I knew, I know it's not Southern. I knew it's a few others that I knew it wasn't, but I don't know. Um, Going forward, we're going to talk about in this episode the NBA draft, some NBA free agency shit, some things that have happened. It's a ton of stuff to talk about, so this episode might run long. I might have to split it into two. Um, But I figured first we'd start with the Grizzlies. What the Grizzlies have done, both in the draft and free agency and talk about our team since we are a Memphis-based podcast. And Mason, if you have all those notes, uh, we can all fill in what we, what we know. But take us through the draft and free agency so far for the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, so as uh, most everyone listening already knows, the Grizzlies came into the draft with the 40th pick only. Um, and uh, there were a lot of people hoping that they would make a move to get late into the first round. And, well, that's exactly what they did. They traded two future second round picks to Boston for the 30th pick, the final pick of the first round in which they selected uh, Sam's boy and really Grizzlies Twitter favorite Desmond Bain. Dude, every, um, yeah, everyone loves all the NBA Twitter folks love the fact that we picked him. Like yeah. he's a he's an NBA Twitter darling. And so Memphis got a lot of shine for that, which I really thought was cool and appreciated. Yeah, and that's kind of the the running joke now is like Memphis is NBA Twitter's team. We always make the pick that NBA Twitter would make um, with with Brandon Clark last year and then Bain this year. Um, Senior out of TCU, averaged 16.6 points and 6.4 rebounds. But uh, let's hold off on what we think about Bain. I'll finish up how the draft went. Um, And then when we got to pick 35, all of a sudden – Shams or Woj, one of them just tweeted like the Memphis Grizzlies have selected Xavier Tillman Sr. And everyone was like, well, how in the hell did we get that pick? Um, Because we don't pick till 40. Turns out we traded 40 in a future second to move up to 35 and grab the 684 from Michigan State, who happens to be apparently best friends with budding superstar Jaron Jackson Jr. So good on the front office, keeping their stars happy. Uh, We saw last year with John Morant, they brought in um oh what's my guy's name that played for the hustle shag buchanan shag buchanan yep and and then um to continue on with brandon clark they just brought in fellow gonzag uh gonzaga bulldog killian tilly on the two-way deal that's a 610 stretch forward um another four-year guy and then we also brought in sean mcdermott from butler on a two-way deal a 6-6 shooter I heard Keith on um, Grits and Grind kind of describe him as this is a let's see if we can get a Duncan Robinson type guy, a shooter who can get hot. And, hey, maybe he's maybe he does turn out to be Duncan Robinson. More than likely he won't, but it'd be pretty fucking cool. Um, All right. So let's go back to our first round draft pick, Desmond Bain. Sam, I know you you like to say that, you know, this is your guy. So what are we getting in Desmond Bain? Well, my guy was Aaron Neesmith, who went to. The Celtics. That's the guy I talk more about. But Bain was the other guy that I circled. I mean, there's two 
realistic guy. Realistic guy. Sure. Yeah. The, the 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 draft had you know a couple of really good shooters. The the draft was known as a draft where at the top we didn't know what the hell to expect, and then throughout the first round we'd see these guys that would be perennial role players, um, a lot of value kind of in the mid to late first if you can find it. And so, you know, Desmond Bain was circled by all these guys that make these draft boards as like hovering around the 19th, 18th pick uh, on their draft board. So, you know, we got him really, we stole him late, you know, as a, and he went way later than a lot of people would have expected him to go for whatever reason. Uh, a lot of people were drafting centers, much to John Hollinger's chagrin um, <laughs> for, and he, for something that really triggered him. And I get it. I mean, why? why? But um Bain, you know, it's, he's a 22-year-old. He's a senior. He comes out of a, a smaller college, was a zero-star recruit. Uh, Zach can fill in some of his bio. I, I think he, his dad, he never knew him, went to Nigeria. I don't think he's ever met his dad. And he, like, ended up being raised by his maternal grandparents. For, um, so from what I could tell, uh, the Athletic did. You know, they broke down everything. But he's from Nigeria. His, he didn't meet his dad till he was 13. And okay. his dad still lives in Nigeria. Didn't play organized basketball till I think it was middle school or maybe you know early high school, and like you said, zero star recruit. Uh, some someone gave him an offer, and then TCU might have been it was either his first or second you know D one offer. So really, a uh, like very cool story. Yeah, and so you know, grew his playing time each year and stats at TCU ended up being their best player um, for a kind of a middling TCU team. It's tough in the Big Twelve when you're TCU. Uh, and, and was there the team leader in addition to the, the team leaders and most of the stats, also kind of the, the captain of the team, whatnot. So 22 year old, six, six wing built like a fucking horse. I mean, he's like jacked, uh, in the short arms, but like literally, I mean, the Bane, the Bane comparison is apt and gives me, you know, at least another year of great Bane impression content. Um, and, and, uh, the Grizzlies Twitter, I'm sure is very happy about that as well. Devin has to watch the dark Knight rises to get the references, but he'll get there. Um, I mean, it's it's a great pick. I mean, we're looking for wing shooters, and he's one. He also fits the culture that the Grizzlies have established so far, and that's in Xavier Tillman uh, and and this Bain pick. You're looking for kids that can play right away, you know, kind of like upperclassmen in college that fit the age of our players, uh, you know, 20, 21, 22 or so. We are like our oldest, like, heavy rotation player is – probably Dylan. I mean, I guess you could say Kyle is 27, but, um, or JV, but, uh, we have a ton of our core is really young and, you know, it, it fits what they're doing. They're staying consistent. Uh, and I, I mean, I, I was t- texting you guys, like, we got to get this guy as he was falling and then it ended up happening. Um, and it, it, it was kind of like a, uh, the first time I think where I felt a little vindicated and some and Grizzlies Twitter did, we were like, this is what you need to do. It's like pick Rodney hood instead of Jordan Adams. And everyone was tweeting that and, and it didn't happen. Uh, it, this time it did. And it was just like, I don't know whether we know what the fuck we're talking about. Probably not. Or maybe we just happen to be right. Hopefully we are and moving forward. But I, I think it's a great pick for the Grizzlies. How about you, Rich? Yeah. I mean, I loved it. I think it was a great night. Um, I know when Bane was falling, you know, initially I didn't think we had a chance to get him. I just thought he was going to be gone off the board. So when it kept getting closer and closer, it crept closer and closer, I was just like, man, somebody's going to swoop in, man, somebody's going to swoop in and fuck, it ended up being us. And I was just like, <laughs> Shit. like, okay, yeah. this is who I wanted. This is the guy, you know, I had, um, you know, been doing some research and just saw, you know, this, this knockdown shooter um, who, and then just kind of going through like reviews and social media and what have you. Just seems like a very grounded guy, uh, very likable guy. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm excited that we got him. And then Xavier Tillman also just, I mean, is a, is a adult already. I mean, a family man. Um, yeah. Married two, kids two kids. Wife. Yeah. Married two kids. Like, he's a family Bring man. 401k uh, and with the yeah. <laughs> So he, he's money. not out here. He, he's not going to be out here bullshitting. Um, you know, Jaren was his best man. And I was just looking at the reaction on social media and Xavier took people love him. Like the praise he was receiving, the the praise the Grizzlies organization was receiving for taking him. I'm just excited to see, you know, it's it's just such a different feeling, man. I mean, I just feel this front office is just so competent and they know what they're doing and they seek out guys who fit the culture that they're building and that they want. And I'm just I'm hyped. Um, I think they both can contribute. You know, I don't give a damn about the size of your wingspan or how long your arms are. Like if you can put the ball in the basket or the basket and you shooting that thing. You're going to get some run. Um, so I'm excited to have them both here in the city. I want to also give a shout out to Devin Walker, man, for the caption today um, on IG. I think he said, uh, Maine, well, with a B, that was gold. So thank you for that. That was beautiful. Uh, we're excited to have that man in the city. So 
Yeah, so, uh, you know, other, to- other times we have drafted someone who has fallen and it had we haven't had the same feeling of like, oh, we, like we were the team that traded up. It was like, oh, we traded up and got Deontay Davis. Like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, so uh, can, do any of you guys know, other than the short arms, why Bane fell or what He's the old. word on the street is? Just the senior thing, the ageism? It's, it's crazy how much that affects these guys. It, it, it's wingspan. It's uh, it's his uh, his age, and it's his kind of like one sided game. Like he just he he pretty much just shoots threes. He can kind of get to the rim, but he's not like gonna, you know, go to the rim and finish with either hand craftily or whatever. Um, but he does make. He's apparently really good in the pick and roll. Uh, he really makes smart reads. Is what I kept reading was that he can actually be a second ball handler and initiator of the offense, which is kind of what you need next to to Ja. Um, I, I don't know. I think it literally was the the age thing. Um, yeah, which we see all the time, and it's not surprising. But he's a forty-four percent high-volume shooter, and uh, you know, by all accounts, including Mike Miller's brother, who's assistant over there at TCU, uh, that Verno's been all about it. Is that you know he's like a fucking just gym rat, just loves the game, and only wants to get better. Just started playing in the ninth grade, so that sort of bodes well when you draft a guy that's going to fit your culture and keep getting better. That you're not getting the cat; you're getting like a guy that's going to uh, keep raising his ceiling every season. That's that's what you want, especially with our team who seems to like playing basketball. Right. He ain't and like Cam Reddish, right? Like the guy that's like, you know, a <laughs> pair, uh, but is really he's talented. Not, he's, like, you, so he's not coming out on draft day saying, uh, you know, I don't really love basketball. It's just no, what no, I do. No, no. <laughs> um, and and uh, there's also a YouTube video that, that anyone listening should check out of him. Like his draft night, someone captured it and cut it together. It's like 13 minutes long, but it's him. With his grandparents, who are like these el- this elderly white couple, so I think he his his mom's white and like, uh, but I don't know, but they're like just like my grandparents, and uh, they were his grandma kept saying like, so wait, you're going to the Celtics, and he was like, no, grandma, the, the Grizz <laughs> traded for the pick, shit, and like it was like a it was like a comedy routine, uh, but in it, his agent is sitting there and and you know he says like, hey, this is where we wanted to go, like, and you, it, I guess that's all bullshit and you whatever, but like it seemed like that was something they discussed that Bain had told him before, like he'd circled the Grizzlies as a team he'd like to go to for the culture, the young core, the opportunities. He knows he'll get a chance to play. He can shoot especially. So that's cool to see it kind of like matching too. We don't get guys that want to wear Grizzlies uniforms a lot, and he's just a no-nonsense kid that wants to hoop. So that's that's what we need. Yeah, and that, that speaks to the you know larger culture that is being built. Um, I'm not going to sit here and act like I watched a bunch of TCU games, but I did watch about six minutes of highlights before this podcast. And uh, Desmond Bain, he's, his stroke is smooth. It's an easy stroke. He's already got NBA range, no problem. Um, Sam, you referenced it. He's got the grown man's body, like kind of built, built a lot man. like Eric Gordon. Yeah. Um, and I did see him. He was able to score off the dribble a little bit, you know, take one dribble, pull up jumper, uh, had a nice touch on his floater. And he, he really seems like Dylan Brooks, like going to be game ready. Um, hopefully a little bit better than Dylan Brooks, I think is the, you know, what most people would project. Um, but he reminded me of Courtney Lee, who's not afraid to shoot, um, when, when I was watching his college game. So that would be my, my comp to Grizz Nation right now. And Mason, I think you bring up a good point about Kleiman and Co. kind of going after these guys who are game ready. So we obviously have our several young guys, you know, J- John Jarner, still what, 20, 21, something like that. Still very young. So adding in some guys who are older, they played more years in college, you know, Brandon Clark, uh, Tillman, Tilly, even, you know, three, four year guys that have played a little bit more that can come in and contribute immediately on, you know, essentially nothing like these late first round picks you know, second round picks. We're not paying hardly anything. We're not having to break the bank to go out and find that free agent. That's going to be really hard to bring over anyway, but finding guys that we can plug and play as soon as we draft them, as soon as we pick them. Uh, I think that, you know, is very important for what we're trying to do using the resources that Memphis has that are different than the resources that other teams have. Yeah. I agree. And uh, so that gets us into Xavier Tillman, who we took with the 35th pick. A 6'8 forward averaged about 14 and 10 last year for Michigan State. I watched this highlight tape and 
Uh, it's nothing super impressive. He's just a solid high IQ basketball player. He's got great footwork. I don't know if, if that excites you. You know, s- some true basketball nerds might give you a little chub, but uh, I did notice his footwork is pretty damn good in the post. I'm not expecting a lot. Just a backup big man, hopefully, is what he can be. Maybe Patrick Patterson, Jamichael Green, Light, something like that. His jump shot's not awful. Uh, Rich, initial thoughts on the X-Man? Yeah. Um, so, initially, when the Grizzlies did the draft, uh, that with that pick, I, I saw they took Robert Woodard, who was from Mississippi State. Oof, so yeah. Initially, at that point, I was kind of half watching the draft, not really paying too much attention. I was like, okay, like Woodard's solid. But then I started seeing the chatter about the trade. Um, and honestly, I'm going to be transparent. Big Ten basketball is not something that I enjoy watching. <laughs> I did not watch any Michigan State games last year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you come through that program, a lot of their players are ready. Um, Tom Izzo has them ready. Um, and so similar to what you said, Mason, uh, I was thinking along the lines big such as J. Michael. And I think Patrick Patterson is a nice example as well. It's just people have been able to carve out a career with a specific niche. Um, you know, come in, rebound you know, provide a little bit, but I don't think this guy's coming in to be a, a high volume score or transcendent, you know, figure for the team. Um, I think he's just ready to, you know, bring that lunch pail to work. And, you know, he's just happy to be here and be with his boy, Jaron. Um, and hopefully, you know, they'll continue to, you know, blossom not only off the court, but on the court, man, and, you know, continue to push each other and, you know, hold one another accountable. So I think it's great. Yeah. And he he's previously big 10 or uh, yeah, or, Wait, Big Twelve, Big Ten, Big Ten, Big Ten, yeah. Big, Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year. So, I mean, he's he's well recognized. I think earlier in the summer he was higher on a lot of draft boards. He was making some first round noise, but kind of a weird, you know, he's one of those tweeners. Not really sure what position he's going to do. Is it going to be the small center or you know play that forward position? But can't really shoot. Only shot twenty six percent. Uh, from three last year on 50 attempts, but uh, he's got you know pretty high block rates. He has I, I want to say a seven foot wingspan. Um, I know Bane's got them short arms, so he got the long arms to help <laughs> make up for it. So they average out to uh, a, two square people, uh, but that's kind of where I think we're going to see a lot of uh, help help from him is going to be on the defensive side of the ball. Really efficient at the rim. He's like 70 percent you know at the rim on close twos, but uh, that's probably where we're going to see his strength is playing more of that rim protector type uh, center for us. You already know what's happening. People are saying he's going to be Draymond Green. You know, you got like a Michigan State grad. He's like kind of a switchy guy that can guard multiple positions. Really tough. Tom Izzo loves him. High basketball IQ, early second round. I mean, it's like the Draymond Green comparisons are already starting. And that's that's kind of what everyone that praises the draft is like. Well, you know, that's exactly how Draymond started. So maybe this is kind of what they're doing. And all the centers I think we're going to draft for big men, if we do draft any, are going to be sharing complementary pieces, guys that rebound and can come out and play switchable defense um, and just kind of be the yin to Jaren's yang. I think that's probably the importance here. And like we've already mentioned, you can't hurt the fact that we drafted his boy. So you want to keep your guys happy and certainly know that he is now. Um, as Rich mentioned, best man in his wedding, not just like teammates and friends, but like legit best friends. So that's good to see. Good to hear. I, I, I don't have any problems with the pick. I kind of like Robert Woodard more, I think, um, just as a prospect in the second round, you know, but whatever. Uh, like I, I think early second round, you just sort of like no one can anticipate anything and we can't assume anything. So you just take a shot where you think you're a little bit safer and, and go from there. Yeah. And just honestly, we're talking about the 30th pick and the 35th pick in the draft. Um, you know, the likelihood of them panning out is few and far between. The odds so. of them being rotation players is, is, is 5% or whatever. Like, right. Yeah. So, so we get so excited about Desmond Bain. And, you know, maybe he is the type who can outperform that 30th uh, pick slot a little bit because he is a four-year player. He's not a project or anything like that. But at the same time, the odds are heavily against him. Um, let's go on to free agency before we talk about the draft uh, in general league terms. Let's talk about the guys um, we brought back because we didn't go out and sign any other free agents. We signed DeAnthony Melton, four years, $35 million. First year starts at $9.6 million, and that's going to be a, a declining deal. Melton uh, struggled in the bubble, but when you look – 
across the league at what some of these other wings are getting paid. Does that make you feel better about paying Melton eight, nine million a year, Zach? I am not mad about it. That is like right. That's right about in that range that I thought that we'd have to put up for him. So the fact that he's only 22 years old seems to really fit in with our guys, and he has a specific role on the team. It's not the primary ball handler on the second unit. I think that was kind of exposed, but maybe he gets better at that. Maybe not. But he definitely has that that motor that really fits in well with that second group. And when Memphis was good, the the bench unit had a lot to do with that, and Melton had a lot to do with that. He can do he can play also with the starters. You can really just kind of plug and play him. He doesn't have to be with a certain group. Um, but to have you know a really consistent person like that for about that range. I, I'm definitely not mad about it. Of course, you'd like to you know, have a steal, but I think that's probably a pretty good fair market value for his talents and what he brings to the team. So, I mean, that's we didn't overpay, which I think is a win. Yeah, I mean, you see like Norman Powell for the Raptors, not exactly the same player, but a bench guy um, that kind of comes in and, and does something that that bench needs. Uh, this guy, I mean, it, it makes 10 a year, Norman Powell does, so... Um, you know, like this is a little bit less. So I, I think it's a totally fair deal to have your like chaos agent off the bench, get paid that, but I'm not bad about it either. I agree. Beer o'clock, baby. Um, what other moves that we saw the Grizzlies make? I mean, we saw the, um, yeah, the, let's walk through some other signings that the Grizzlies made. Not that many. John Tay Porter is another one. I think that yeah. uh, do we have his, uh, I think it's 6 million, three years. Three. Three years, six million, and then uh, we also brought back John Conchar, um, staying jitty with it. Four years, nine million. How happy is he to get a four-year con? I don't know how much of it's guaranteed or like if there's options on the end of it, but I mean, this dude came from Blue Mountain State, like (laughs) and just signed a nine million dollar contract. Yeah, it's kind of wild, honestly. Like, whatever though. (laughs) I mean, I I like to think they know more about him than I do, and but it's like. I think the bigger question is how mad is Dusty Hannah's? <laughs> like he's been sticking around for years and Man, years. he's been hooping in fucking G League. It's, it's shafted. This quieter white guy. Uh, we'll say that some of the dental hygienists in my office will be quite pleased that, that GD's staying in town. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's all I got. Yeah. I, I like I like the moves, man. Um, I think coming in, what happened or what transpired is a lot of what I wanted to see happen. I wanted to keep Melt. Um, the only suitor who I really thought probably had a chance was Atlanta, but clearly they're doing some other shit. So they didn't even, you know, they weren't even involved. So once I saw that, um, I had a, a chance, you know, that D-Melt was going to be back. He seems to, you know, as y'all mentioned, fit in with the group time, timeline-wise, age-wise, personality-wise. Um, and, you know, I'm not mad at it at all. Um, I think it's a good deal. Um, and Contra, I just had a hunch that he'd be back as well in some capacity. I didn't know if that was going to be a two-way or if they were going to, you know, convert some things. But he showed some things when he got an opportunity last year. He showed some potential. Um, so I'm not sure what his role will be moving forward now that he's yeah. an actual member of the roster. We but, assume third point guard, yeah. maybe. Like he's the <laughs> backup to Tyus. Because we were always like, why the hell are you having D-Melt running the point? Just yeah. let Jitty run the point and let D-Melt play his normal role. And, I just know. want to know what Jitty means. If anybody knows, I would know. <laughs> and I, I heard it once it on a, I heard it's, it once in an interview. Like, I think it's like his mantra. Like he created like a, it's almost like a McConaughey level shit. Like he just like started mm. saying it and created this mantra that doesn't actually mean anything. It doesn't mean yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah like it, it has no like, meaning. Hashtag Jitty, hashtag sports, fun. <laughs> yeah. Like who is this dude, man? Yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> And the, then, the guys thought, love I him, mean, man. Like, I mean, everyone's tweeting him. him, like, dude, shout out JD getting that deal. And, and oh, I, yeah, I want to, yeah. I want to give another shout out to the job, man, just for just the leader, like he is, man. It's something so small. Like, this dude tweeted at each of the draftees, as well as each of the guys, they were getting their deals announced by Shams and Walls. Just a simple shout out, like, you know, happy to have you back, like, you know, an emoji or whatever, man. And little stuff like that, like. That 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 means a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like he he rides for his guys and he rides for Memphis. And I don't think we could have a better ambassador or face of our team than Ja. I mean, he's our dude has a fucking giraffe named after him now. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, ja, man. he made it. It is iconic. Um, yeah. 
You know, Jiddy, I kind of see him as just like the ultimate spark plug. We know this year is going to be unique. A lot of games packed into small windows, so maybe there's more opportunities for that 15th guy on the roster to get into a game just because you don't want to run Jai into the ground in a season that, you know, likely there's not going to have, uh, you know, championship implications, we'll say, maybe not even playoff implications. Um, so just a spark plug, a guy who's going to come in, give it his all, and, uh, you know, help you stay competitive at, at the very least. Melton, Zach, you, you hit the nail on the head. Like last year when our team was winning, that bench unit was one of the best in the league. And the way him and Tyus played off each other, they were just hounding other backcourts, taking advantage of other teams' second units. So, you know, in the athletic or in several places before – free agency began people were projecting him like 15 million a year which i thought was a little ridiculous and so that definitely makes this price look look good because obviously people know that he is a productive nba player and he hasn't been settled down yet he's now he gets to settle into a home he's not in a contract year he's not on the suns where he just got traded from houston as a rookie trying to learn life in the NBA. So I'm really excited about the ceiling for DeAnthony Melton. Um, and then What's John, John, I mean, I don't know shit about it. <laughs> like he's and never he played. played. like 2018. It's a 2017-18 <laughs> season, just injury riddled, kind of like Killian Tilly. Uh, Killian Tilly is like a, a, just a sharpshooter. Everyone was saying like lottery pick, but he just can't stay on the court. Um, they're, they're a little bit similar. So I think we're sort of putting our eggs in the, Hey, let's wait and see basket, which is one way to do it. You know, you don't need them right now. Hopefully they get healthy and then everyone's talking about how smart we are, um, you know, two or three years from now, or they forget that we ever had them on our team and, and don't ever hate on us. It's just kind of how it goes at the bottom of your roster. The clear vision though, is like you, you, the Grizzlies have been saying climbing and Wex have been saying sustained success is their goal and everything they've done for the most part, you can question the justice Winslow trade. Um, you know, some people, I think it's probably like the most questionable move they've made so far, trading away some vets that were really loved for a guy that may never see the court. Uh, you can see also why they did it, but you know, maybe that's the most questionable move, but otherwise the draft free agency, these are the things they're doing. They're like staying in that mission. They're staying in those type vein of players and they're, you know, adhering to that, which is important when you establish a culture, you have to do those sorts of things. But I think it's also telegraphed a little bit about what they anticipate happening this season because we see everyone else getting better. I mean, juxtapose us with the Hawks, for example, who are making that push to get into the playoffs in the in the East and, and signing players are going to make them better right now. Um, and we're just sort of hanging back and saying, well, we're not going to make any crazy moves. So I think that's important to note and and that, that they're on that track still. And um, do we think that's the right track, though, or would you rather the Grizzlies be doing what the Hawks are doing? Zach? No, nah, I, I made it fairly clear on this show that I don't think this is the year to push all your chips in. I think that year is probably one or two years down the road. And I think that <laughs> Mason, for those who can't see, Mason just put a caption up on the bottom that said, do we hate the Hawks? All right. So that's that's like a pretty smooth transition into how uh, Memphis media Twitter uh, and Hawks fandom Twitter has just been uh, going at it a little bit these past few days. So. I don't actually know where it start started, but I know that uh, our guy Sam here and also Anthony Sane have been bearing the torch <laughs> against the Hawks. Um, over Definitely the, more over, Sane. Over the yeah. course of the weekend, um, which... I had two random guys tweet me back. Like, I didn't have, like, more than, like, just two guys. And I don't even think they were Hawks fans. They just had, like, one guy had Clay Thompson as his avi, and one guy <laughs> had, like, 6,000 numbers after his handle. So, like, I don't necessarily know if these guys are, like, stalwarts in the NBA Twitter community. Um, but they're really into the Hawks, it would seem. And I just like, I, I, first of all, I don't know why people care. Um, but it, it, the answer is yes, we hate the Hawks. Fuck the Hawks. So I, some people are trying to, I, I did put a poll on Twitter today about who the rivalry or who Memphis's rival is. And Clippers, I, according to Joe Mullinex. <laughs> is, the Clippers is dead, right? We don't hate the Clippers anymore. Like. I, I don't hate the Clippers. I don't. I hate. don't know how you can say that and not look at yourself in the mirror like with clown makeup on, man. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I like. I, I know I mean, like, we're not trying to like beef with other uh, other news outlets, but like this is straight up like that Joaquin Phoenix in Joker, but wearing like the Nike dry fit hoodie meme, looking in the mirror like I, you know, deep cut meme there. But that's where we are. 
outside of the historic franchises, I feel like NBA rivalries just change based on the players and who's there at the time. Um, so I, I don't mind the Clippers, honestly, living yeah. out here. I, I go watch them when I can, mainly because their tickets are cheaper than the varsity games. Um, mm. but yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. Like, I don't, I don't hate the Clippers. I hated Blake Griffin. I hated Chris Paul. I uh, hated DeAndre Jordan. Disliked Matt Barnes. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, all, all yeah. those things are not like to me. They're not relevant anymore. That was yeah. So- it doesn't. You know, I hated Kawhi on the Spurs because he never fucking missed. He was like Terminator. Yeah. But I, Clipper Kawhi. I mean, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's a rivalry. I fucking hate the Clippers, but that's tied to my Laker fandom, not right? Mm-hmm. Fandom, so, and you don't the even Clippers really hate them. They're just like your little brothers yeah. who you just like step on all the time. Yeah, and steal <laughs> players from. Yeah, and and I think my hatred of teams is now, and this is something I've texted you guys about. It's not related really to the players or the games or anything. It's about the media like propping certain teams up as the next thing, and like, but it just flies in the face of all reason. Like last year, it was the Pelicans. You know, it was like, oh my god, they're incredible. Uh, but the only thing they haven't done is win games, and but that was like in small print, you know, and like it's like they actually fucking suck. And what we're not talking about is how they're underachieving. This year, it's the Hawks. Oh, how smart are they? Like. Surrounding their young star Trey Young with all this this talent to win now, um, it, when when we should be talking about how their last year over under was 15 games higher than what they ended up at, and so they're actually just like act really fucking bad. Uh, I, I don't know why we do this, and I, the Grizzlies never get the benefit of any of this. Like we weren't talked about, like whoa, they fucking overachieved. It was always like, how can we get Zion into Rookie of the Year instead of Ja? So I know it's like classic small market franchise uh, showing right now, but I don't know. I, I just it's it's. It's like Trump fake news shit, but like the NBA fake news, you know? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. John Morant led his team to the eighth seed in the Western Conference, ultimately lost in the play-in game. Trey Young, while he has made an all-star team, he ain't won shit. Like, if you put John on that team, I think Atlanta would be better than they have been these last two years. Um, And... Yeah, I mean, what they're doing right now, they're mortgaging the future. Everyone knows 2021 is supposed to be like the big kahuna of free agency classes for the next two, three years. Also, the big kahuna for the draft class. And that, like, they're going all in signing fucking Rondo, who, yeah, he was one of the best players on the Lakers, but you can't even compare Rondo on the Lakers to Rondo on the Hawks. You remember last time Rondo was on a bad team? He fucking got sent home from Dallas. Yeah, like, he, he, <laughs> he gets real pouty. He yeah. thinks he's the smartest person in the room and, and often is. He's a brilliant dude. He's going to ridicule Trey Young. I mean, I let's not gonna... forget he sucked in the regular season. That is yeah. playoff yeah. Rondo. They're just not, got... it's not, it's not, it, I just don't, like you said, like, I just foresee Lloyd Pierce and Rajon Rondo getting into a verbal spat or yeah. all-star break. And I would be pissed if the Grizzlies were shelling out 70 some million to an over 30 year old player who had never yeah. been an all-star before. Like I don't fucking get it. And then they, then they sign bogey to an offer sheet too. Like I just don't. And then you draft, they reached for the center from Maryland, honestly, oh, yeah. who yeah. I, I don't know what the fuck they got going on out there. Well, man. I mean, no, no, that was that was the Suns. No, that was they, the they drafted, yeah. they drafted the, the USC kid, which is like you know a good. They're pick like the time. second media darling team right now, though. Since C three is there, like people are saying the Suns, fucking, I don't know, man. See the Suns, I get. Like I, I think they're going to be better. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I mean, but they got fucking Chris Paul, who we just saw do this. Like right. the the Hawks. Like I think it's a classic. Like I feel like uh, like uh, Jonah Hill and Moneyball is like what I see is an imperfect understanding of where wins come from. Like I think that the Hawks are like thinking they're building some sort of winner, but they're like, oh, we need more defense, so we'll get Chris Dunn. Uh, and and like, but they don't understand how it doesn't. You can't just get one guy that's like only does defense, and suddenly the whole team plays better defense. He has to be able to do other things that complement Trey Young. Trey Young can't play any better offensively. He had. Like thirty and ten last year, uh, which is in, so like he's kind of like doing what he's doing, and they're still losing. That tells me other shit's going on. It's not scoring; it's just team chemistry. And then the question becomes: Can you actually win with Trey Young because he's a the worst defender that's probably ever played an All Star game? Uh, I mean, and, and I, you know, I just it's just funny. They're like, wow, what a smart move! This have got this great defender. They got Rondo to like 
mentor, Trey Young. He's going to come out of the season like basically an all-star, you know, like an all-NBA guy. And then you got Chris Dunn off the bench. Like, love that move. Gallo, who can put, you know, be a uh, – I don't even really know. He doesn't play defense. So, I, score the ball more, take the pressure off Trey Young. Scoring's not their problem, though. So, it's like, what are we even doing here? Bogey is the one reasonable signing. You know, like, you know, he's a great player. Uh, he can kind of handle the ball a little bit. Take some of the ball handling uh, away from Trey Young. But I don't know. Like I keep tweeting like two or three more wins every time they add a guy. And I think I think we're really looking at like a maybe eight seed. Charlotte's better. Um, I mean, I, who who's falling out of the East? Oh, Charlotte ain't better. I mean, yeah, they are. Was I, I I think the Hawks are probably like the sixth seed in the East. Like they're really? not gonna. I don't think I, they're the gonna be as bad. The Hornets drafted fucking Vernon Carey and then double down and drafted Nick Richards for some yeah. odd reason, and I have no idea why. As John Hollinger said, man, anytime you can draft two centers, you got to do it. <laughs> yeah, the least valuable, a backup at the least valuable position in the league with the lottery pick, you got to do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, so whatever, we'll see what the Hawks do. I don't, I don't want to spend time talking about them too much. Um, but Zach, back to your question: Who are our rivals? And before we get into this, I do want to say that I once pitched an idea to the NBA that the Grizzlies and Hawks should play every MLK day and it should alternate between Atlanta and Memphis for each team doing their ceremony in a different way. That way it doesn't get stagnant. If you've been to the Memphis things, if you've been to one, you've been to the rest of them pretty much. They're all pretty similar. Just the, the faces and names change. Um, they do their best with, you know, keeping it fresh, but it's just hard to do when you do it every year. But I, I'll say that to say I would love for the Hawks to be our rivals, and especially with Memphis and Atlanta. You know, you got the culture, the, the rap music. You got so much of the like so much happens between those two cities. It would just be really fun if we could somehow get in the Hawks division, play them four times a year. It's a great road right. trip both ways. Yeah. Um, and likewise with New Orleans, who I think is probably the team I like to claim our biggest rival right now. And it seems like we play them every MLK day. And we always they whip, lose. They whip our ass yeah, on national TV. So every I, year. Every year. It's like Alexa Ajinka scored 26 points and blocked 11 <laughs> shots and had seven steals because his arms took up half the whole paint. Yeah. And, um, and then the media is like, oh, I, I thought the Grizzlies were supposed to be good, but we just watched them for the first time <laughs> yeah. all year and they're shitty as hell. Like, but we just won 21 <laughs> straight games. Yeah, and it doesn't matter. We could be undefeated going to the MLK game. And then Doris Burke is on the call with like Mark Jackson or something. And Mark Jackson's talking about like John Moran, promising young rookie, but they, they haven't won a lot of games yet. And it's like, well, Mark, actually, like you look at the sheet there, it like says their win total. They actually won a lot. But anyway, I uh, hate that. We need to get the Hawks in there so we can fucking win because we beat the shit out of the Hawks last year. Although this new look Hawks, I mean, they're, you know, you, we're talking like 80s, like 80s uh, Celtics, Lakers, um, you know, like the, the historic teams of yesteryear. So I, I'm kind of quaking in my boots. <laughs> I think the only right now what makes it what would make it hard to be rivals with the Hawks is the fact they're in the East, so you don't play each other that much. And if we did do that MLK, we would literally lose every MLK, so we're just throwing away one of those games. So it'd, it'd be tough. <laughs> it's like a curse. I mean, it's like a yeah. It really is. We don't lose them all. We've won a couple. <laughs> I sure Man, cannot I, remember one. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> I haven't. I don't know. If, I don't think I've witnessed one in person. Because it's always the same thing. Zach and I have season tickets for the past – I don't know. We've had them for the past five years. We go every year. We have the day off work. It's awesome. We're like, hell yeah. We get to grab a quick like late dinner or early lunch, um, the opposite. And then we go to the game, hang out. It's a good time. And then we fucking get our asses kicked. And then we're walking back home at like 6 o'clock. And we're like, oh, shit. That was supposed to be more fun than that. But anyway, maybe it'll change. All right, so no other current rivals. Uh, I can see the Mavs being one eventually, since we, they are in our division. We play them four times a year. They're a little ahead of us, though. I think, but but yeah, we should play them a lot. That would be. Um, I think you have to like be able to beat the team for it to be a rival. And have we beat? I think did we beat the Mavs last year? Yeah, I maybe without Porzingis. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's go back to the NBA draft in general. Uh, the top three picks, no surprises really. Number one, Minnesota took Anthony Edwards, shooting guard from Georgia. Number two, James Wiseman, Memphis finest, went to the Warriors, which draft day was – boy. While we're on the Warriors, draft day was marred by the news of Clay Thompson's injury. Um, mm. Just – 
one of the good guys in the NBA will crack a Coors Light during an interview while eating like a piece of pizza and hollering at your bitch. Uh, so. Anna Clay was also like just a mainstay in NBA Twitter culture. <laughs> right. He like was out there missing layups in front of like a thousand Chinese people, like on some awesome court, like in on some type of some skyscraper. But he was like happy go lucky Clay, so it's cool. That's good shit. Can't beat it. Yeah, love I mean, that guy. That sucks. ACL and then Achilles. Few, very few people have had this injury. Uh, like Demarcus Cousins is one of the few players who's ever had it and he's still a remaining uh free agent so we'll see if boogie signs somewhere um but prayers up for clay don't hate it for the warriors though if i'm being honest like they had their time right no one feels bad for the warriors i feel bad for just the you know the basketball like that's it's music in motion watching a lot of those warriors in the day when they're shooting just can't miss lights out and I was really curious to see how Wiseman was going to fit, like how, how his plug-and-play was going to be on that particular roster. Obviously, it's a lot different. It's changed. They made the move to get Oubre, but that's not going to be near enough to make up for Clay. So it's, not, it's just not going to be the same thing. But uh, I guess we'll just have to see what, what does come out of it. Yeah, we went from one Achilles away from – Wiseman being on a team with Clay and Steph, two of the greatest shooters of all time, all the space to operate, just rolling to the rim. Steph's an incredible passer. He's going to set hard screens and run the floor to like his wings are now fucking Wiggins and Oubre, uh, and, <laughs> which is not what you want. Like when you're a center that can't shoot either, really. So like, and Draymond, like, so you actually have one guy on the court who's a transcendent shooter, but otherwise like you don't have that space at all. So now his season totally changed in terms of how good he could look. Maybe, um, Still cool to see him go second, though. Top three picks were what we actually picked on our show. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Not that it was uncommon. Those were totally expected. Fourth pick, Patrick Williams, the Bulls. What do we think of that? Don't know shit about the guy. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, but based, on, based on Twitter, it sounds like a Bulls move, you know? <laughs> the, well, they got a new front office, too. Yeah, yeah So it's like you, they, they're Does trying it to matter different. when you bull so hard, like – See, this is it's kind of like the Warriors one day might be here. The Bulls had such a good run. They're just destined for purgatory like for 30 years. I can't feel I been. can't say I feel bad for them though. I mean, you what I wouldn't give for Oh yeah, I mean to have fucking Michael you know? Jordan and Scottie Pippen. You like, deserve a little bit of I mean, you made a deal with the devil. So you you got to pay on the back end. Man. Yeah, I mean they they had some decent teams. They did have D Rose and stuff. So yeah, they, they, they they've had their chance. Conference finals. Yeah, they had a, they won sixty or so games with D Rose. So. Fumbled the bag a few times. Yeah. So hey, Isaac Okoro, the uh, the Auburn kid at five to the Cavs. They were like, oh, we need defense. We'll draft this defensive guy. Maybe you can shoot eventually. But I want to talk about Bruce Pearl's opportunity <laughs> to give like a recruiting pitch from the parking lot of like a fucking Win Dixie in the middle yeah. of Alabama. Like on his iPhone. Did you guys see this? Yeah, so I yeah. saw one tweet that it was Bruce Pearl live from Syria. <laughs> he, he, uh, yeah, it did look like he was like a CNN correspondent. There's like <laughs> bombs going on behind him, but he was actually on his iPhone in a grocery store parking lot. Like, and I think he forgot he had to do it, and so he stopped and like he told everyone after the fact that that it, all the jokes were like kind of true. Him and Cal Perry though, these two like Italian longtime mainstays in college basketball just get these five minutes of solo airtime while other guys are being picked to like discuss their schools and all this. And I don't, I don't really know why those guys are chosen to get to do this. I mean, Cal Perry. Okay. But why, why I feel like you should have to give this ability to all the other college coaches to give their individual recruiting pitches. I mean, Cal Perry's talking at the late first round after like Tyrese Maxey gets picked at 26. Like he didn't even have a relevant guy in this draft. And yet somehow he's still like on the air for five minutes. In his yeah, I wasn't office. shocked at all. I wasn't shocked at all. I, I mean, know, you look yeah. at fucking uh, Leonard Hamilton at Florida State who had fucking. Oh, he should be in there. Those yeah, dude. Hamilton's yeah. been didn't even, crushing Didn't even it. see him on the telecast. You got yeah. Penny delivering with James. Didn't even have a mic, man. But No. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it, yeah, it, it's actually not surprising. And that's what makes it super annoying. But it still, like, I, I Leonard Hamilton, that's great. You're exactly right. He's, he's put more, like, recently, he's become like the lottery pick factory like in that no one talks Hamil about. yeah hamilton's recruiting down there man oh yeah thanks uh any other draft i mean killian hayes at seven 
Pistons. Don't know what they're doing necessarily. Um, fucking, and I also don't get like I love I knew Aunt Edwards was going number one, but then the Timberwolves doubled down and gave Malik Beasley like sixty mil in free agency. That's like, the most like the same person. The most surprising deal. Like this guy literally just got some felony charges. Obviously innocent until proven guilty, but you just don't see that when someone's name is more. Uh, I mean, marred by such bullshit. They locked um, it up quick. Like, yeah, I mean, fifteen million a year, four years. And while we're on the subject of being in the news, our boy Dylan Brooks strikes again. <laughs> Got another baby on the way from same baby mama. It, apparently, according according to the article, I think it was a. I don't. I don't know. It was on I one of like Black Sports Online. I could. I don't, I don't want to be wrong. So uh, one of the gossip sites. There, and, there's there's uh, quite a few of articles out there. Well, it started on Black Sports Online, and then a few other outlets picked up. But I I, I haven't read the Black Sports Online one. All I know is that he's fucking with trans transvestites. Yeah, that seems to be a recurring thing. Yeah, yes, that always shows up in every article. So I'm like, yeah. hey man, he's that's not going to one his kid's birthday party. Yeah, yeah. And, but the the. So the baby mama of the daughter whose birthday party he did not go to apparently is pregnant with another baby from Dylan. Um, according to her, you know, anything could be true. But uh, I don't think Dylan is long for the Grizzlies. Um, this type of off-the-court stuff is just really not what this team is kind of built around. Yeah, it's pretty distracting, honestly, at this point. I don't know if it, I mean, we're, we, you know, we see these things cause we're all like all over Twitter. I don't know if like the team cares. Uh, like I will say they don't seem to be like tweeting your boy Dylan a lot. Like there's not a lot of like public love. You know, you see John Jaren, all these guys tweeting each other all the time. Brandon well, Clark. I think he had deactivated his accounts. Well, rightfully so. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You gotta get the hell out of there. We'll get good. At all. Yeah. But I mean, I, in, in the, the way a locker room works, there's no way this isn't brought up in one form or another like dylan walks in they're well, yeah, like God works right they're like, like damn bro you're back in the news ain't it yeah. or it's like hey bro you all right like one way or another it's being brought up whether it's a helping hand or a, what the fuck are you doing yeah and i don't know who's making that comment though to be fair like he's the he's kind of the vet weirdly uh, i don't think kyle anderson's busting balls in there i don't well, think, I think darren would say it i think i think you think you would? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think, think he's Jared, like talking shit. Like, oh, damn, like, bro. Yeah. You, like, oh, that's yeah. crazy. You got I'm four kids. You out here tripping. I just want to stay in my mansion and have my friends snap me up for the gram in my new outfits. <laughs> like, Jared, yeah, chilling, yeah. man. Maybe that's what Xavier's for is to kind of be a father figure to Dylan. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, man, you got to settle down, like, bro. Look what you can have, man. Like him and his two kids and Dylan are gonna be wearing the same outfit. <laughs> He's gonna get the Deontay Davis room. <laughs> yeah, I, I I can't fathom Dylan is is gonna be on this team much longer for a lot of reasons on the court, off the court. Um, Desmond Baines, kind of the what you think of might be the Dylan replacement at least in the short term. We'll see though. I, the thing, important thing is people still really value Dylan around the league, and that's a large part of because they don't watch the Grizzlies or know shit about him. But I think that really benefits us. Because people think he's good. Like, I mean, the commentators do. They always mention him along with John Jaron because they probably watched us once and he put up 20 and we won that game. And then they look at his totals and they seem reasonable until you like dive into the advanced metrics, which no announcer is going to do. Point being is that I think he's a tradable asset this year. 